Hey, this is Ben from Ocean Horse, and you're listening to Brutally Delicious Podcasts. Hey, I'm Bruce. Thanks for coming. How's everybody doing? I'm doing well. You know Rena, and there's my partner Chris. Hello. I wore a pink shirt by accident. It's not very metal of me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mess. I'm wearing a black t-shirt by accident, so it's okay. (laughs) Right. All my black t-shirts are in the wash. (laughs) How many do you own? No, I own many. My wife, yeah. my wife asked me, can't you wear something other than black? And the answer is always, <laughs> why? <laughs> no, the, the correct answer is yes, when I find something darker. <laughs> right, <True>. darker. <laughs> How much yeah. more blacker could it be? The answer is Dana, you're so metal. Black. <laughs> I know, right? The most metal. And um, yeah, that's probably your wife's shirt, isn't it? No, that's mine. Uh, you could have lied. You oh. know? <laughs> it would have made it better. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have made it better because if she watched it, she would have been like, so what, you're saying I'm fat? <laughs> no, <laughs> like, no that's not what I'm True. saying. Ben has no These idea. Things now that, we've, yeah, now like, that okay. we've got yeah. our ridiculous banter out of the way, <laughs> we have Ben here from Ocean Horse, a Finnish yes. band. Uh, we actually do know each other and uh, I wanted to sort of boost this awesome riffy and and massive vocal uh, ensemble forward by giving at least some more exposure that all musicians are after first and foremost right much appreciated uh, <laughs> first thing <laughs> with, i noticed the first thing i noticed about this band was first of all the kick-ass riffs that was the first thing i noticed yes. uh, thanks man appreciate and then it. then the head banging and then came the killer set like the visual set of the video is whose studio is that? First of all, that's a beautiful room. Oh, this one. Is that oh, your really? studio? Yeah, this is my basement. It's not a studio. Yeah, it's my man cave slash home studio slash movie room. So, no, I mean in the video. Uh, which video is that? Uh, let me look it up here. Oh, uh, the new one. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a proper heads studio. Will, that's... Heads will roll. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's Lama uh, Scallion Audio. It's called the studio. It's like 40 minutes away from Helsinki. In the middle of nowhere, there's just a, it's a farm basically. Oh, which wow. Is old barn that they turned into a studio, and it's a great place. Yeah, really it looks beautiful. Yeah, it's a nice, nice little studio. Is that where you guys track the record? Yeah, the whole record's tracked there. Nice. A few months ago. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, my voice. The next one, I mean, the, the next, uh, this song is actually, that's on the video, has been tracked there. That's the first single off the next album. Amazing. Oh, off the next album. You're already rolling for the next one. Yeah, yeah. This is this going to be the second album, and I think it's going to come out early 2023. Wow! So we're just going to keep releasing singles for this year, just song by song, because I guess that's the way the internet works these days. And the that's music definitely business. the it new, really is. That's definitely the new business model for the music business, right? I mean, it's going to. We talk about this a lot on the show. It's singles every four to six weeks, as opposed to a full length. Yeah, it just makes more sense. The song gets more uh, recognition and. Yeah, just more people hear it that way. It gets more playlists, ads, and all that new weirdness. So it's just worth doing that way. And it keeps you in the spotlight more too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and you're like, you know, that that is the way to do it because that's just how things work. But do you personally miss 
the album as a concept, like the album as a journey, like there's a reason why the songs are in a certain order and you should go through them all to get the full experience. Is, is this something that you, you guys still are going to do with the new album when it comes out that there is a yeah, thought out sure. order into everything? And Absolutely. We are, after all, kids of the 90s. So the album is the only real way for me to right. uh, consume music. So it has a, the opening track, the final song, something in the middle and the A and the B sides also we think of all of that. So we already know exactly how the album is going to pan out, but we're just going to choose which ones we're going to release first as singles. You know, but I was... You miss. Uh, the only thing that I think is not the only thing, one of the things that I think are not so cool about this way is that most of the album is going to be pretty much old news once it's out. Whereas back in the day, it was maybe you heard the first single, then you got the album. It was all new material for you. And now... Kind of waters it down a bit, but I guess that's just you have to roll with it. But people don't really buy CDs anymore, anyways. Like, yeah, it, it's kind of well. I don't. I I can't speak for how it is in Finland, in like, you know, in any way at all because I'm not there. But like, <laughs> I don't know anyone that buys CDs anymore. Maybe a vinyl, but yeah. people Most that buy vinyls. people that buy vinyl will buy it regardless of when it comes out. I think. Yeah. So yeah, it's true. It's the same here. People like vinyl the most uh, if you we're talking about the physical mediums. But I I buy the occasional CD as well. I like you can throw it in in the car. Right. The thing that's I like about physical and, and CDs is if I found a new uh, if there's a new album coming out and I hear it on Spotify, uh, even if it's great, I usually forget about it because there's so much music. I open Spotify and there's no because you know when you get a CD, you just put it on the shelf next to the stereo and it's always there until you put it away. So Week after week, you just go back to that album. If yeah. It's a good, and that's, I don't know how to put a good album on the shelf. Like recently list, uh, listened and keep listening to this one on Spotify. It's, right. I don't know. I miss that. That's actually an interesting concept that streamers could implement, like music on yeah. my shelf. Yeah. You know, instead of liking it, they could say, put it in your shelf and you could yeah. throw it in there and it will always be there. I agree. Yeah, imagine. Exactly. Like, that that was the only way <laughs> 20 <laughs> years ago. Yeah. And now we're like, oh, look at this novelty concept of, you know, oh, my oh, CD man. show. Growing up, my friends and I used to have contests to see who could buy more CDs. Like, <laughs> you know, we had drawers, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of CDs. You know, we'd walk into the CD store and we'd be like, okay, which one do we want? And we'd look at the covers and like, okay, we'll get that one and we'll try this one and we'll try this one. Like, some of them you just hated. Some of them you didn't like at all. Some of them you liked the song. And some of them you were like, oh my God, I'm so happy I did that. Yeah. And how yeah. much fun was that? Like, I just yeah, it was fun. Kids miss something. It's amazing to have all the music in the world on your phone. But just the experience when you don't, you have $15 in your pocket. You go to a record store. You can't even afford every album. You can only choose one of the cheaper ones and just go through them, all the racks, and look at the album covers. I wonder, oh, Iron Maiden, what is this? Right. That's yeah. what's cool. Cover Not I mean, I think it was a whole process, right? Like when you were a kid, you saved your paper route money or whatever you did. And then you'd walk to the record store on Tuesdays because that's when release day was. You'd walk to the record store and then, you know, stand outside and wait for it to open so you could get that record and go home and and look through the whole thing and read the liner notes and listen to every song and see who you thanked and where it was recorded and all that shit. That's a whole process to me. I gotta say that we had an extra step to that in in Jyväskylä, Finland, where I'm I'm originally from. There was this music store called Iron Musiikki, and what you would do is just walk into the music 
shop and and choose an album and then you got to listen to it there so you didn't have to purchase oh. a pig in a bag as we would yeah. say in finland <laughs> but yeah but you, you could just stay there for hours just listening to like new albums and then you're just like holy this one because you only have the 15 dollars you can't hey, get yeah. like you said that you can't get anything that you want you have to screen out the good options and then take your pick that came to me when i moved to a big city but in a small town they didn't have that but when i moved to the big city they had that which was very cool listening bars can you imagine that with covid restrictions now a listening bar <laughs> <laughs> and how many albums did you buy just based on like the artwork or looking at eddie from the iron maiden record or something right that was just a attraction sometimes you didn't even know what the music was yeah for sure it's funny with iron maiden because i remember when i finally heard iron maiden none of my friends listened to it so i only saw the covers every time i went to a record store and when i finally heard it, it didn't sound as heavy as the pictures like I thought it was going to be a bit heavy, like Pantera right. or something, because the covers were pretty evil looking. Yeah. Like Fear Eddie. of the Dark. It's super scary on that three. And it's like, well, it's not that scary. It's it's great, but you know. But in the early 80s, that was heavy. <laughs> in, in the early 80s. It know? definitely was heavy, especially yeah. like yeah. stuff yeah. like yeah. Number of the Beast. Awesome and, yeah. For sure. Oh, my God. I remember my mom threw out that album. I brought it home. She's like, The Number of the Beast. You Satan worshiper, you can't do this. You're going to hell. <laughs> oh, she did because we had we had kids wearing like in, in in well not elementary school but the next part we had like kids wearing the Dead Girls Don't Say No shirts by Cradle of Filth, nice. <laughs> and that was somehow all right. You know, oh. <laughs> nobody got detention. I would have never gotten over with that. As far as I know, you know. Ben, what was the first oh, record? I had a Cradle of Filth shirt back in the day as well. What was it? Was, was it, the uh, it wasn't one of the bad ones. because No, uh, it, I don't remember what it said. It was one of the milder ones because I didn't want to, you know, spook off my mom. Right. They my have parents were really super offensive cool. They never censored it. Right. What was yeah. the first record you bought with your own money, Ben? Uh, Use Your Illusion 1. No, sorry, Michael Jackson's Dangerous on tape. Nice. Interesting. Interesting. I see I did not see that coming. I love Michael Jackson. Still like his music is the reason I enjoy music so much. Right. Oh, I he's great. Those singles from that album were the first time when I saw the videos on MTV and music just made me feel like so strong that I'm like I need to buy that. Until it was just random background noise, but then I don't know. There's something magical about those songs. What, what songs? What songs were on that record? Was it? Um... Oh, it only had like nine singles on it. So you... Yeah, <laughs> I know, but I can't time. remember them because he has he has like he has like fifty number one singles from all of his yeah. albums. Like, how am I supposed to I remember? Think that's like, I'll remember tell you exactly. The time, right? Remember the time? Jam giving to me black or white. Ah, down too soon. Will you be there? Uh, Hail the world was on that one. In the closet. Yeah. Remember the video with Naomi? Oh Cameron? yeah, yeah. That was, that was my favorite in the <laughs> that closet. Was, yeah. like, that was hot. <laughs> so how did, you <laughs> how did you make the transition from Michael Jackson to heavier stuff? Where, what was the gateway? Uh, it was Guns N' Roses. Okay. I really got into them very soon. It's, it's all a bit at the same time, you know, third, right. fourth grade. And yeah, Michael Jackson, Guns N' Roses, and Aerosmith were pretty much all within those first, first years of digging music. So did he buy Use Your Illusion 1 or 2 yes. first? I bought Which... 1 because my, um, what do you call it, the 
Boy Scout leader solely to me used. So ah. that's why I chose that one. Nice. I so think that might be the better two. one anyway. I like I really two. I like one. I remember when those records came out, North America, I don't know if, what it was like in Europe, but in North America, it was lined up at the record stores for blocks waiting for those records. Yep. It was insane. And I had a friend who managed a record store. So we actually, he brought them home early. So we got oh, them. Nice. So they, they came out on the Tuesday, but the shipment had arrived at the store on Friday. So we had been blasting it from Friday all the way through the weekend. I'm so jealous. <laughs> Lucky bastards. Yeah. We did that with, we did that with a lot of records because he managed the record store. So we always got, as soon as the shipment came in, we'd get the new record. You see, I missed that era. I just missed the early 90s because I came in like 93, 94, 95. So I missed right. the Black Album, the Illusion, the Nevermind, the Dangerous, all that, the 91 period, pretty much. <laughs> the magical year, 1991. It was a magical year. I was thinking about that year, actually, uh, with my wife on the weekend because that year was the year hair metal kind of went hey, away. Hey, hey, hey. That was the decline of Western civilization right there. Yeah, and then we had the rise of grunge and new metal and hip hop and pop. And it just, <laughs> do you hear how I said pop? <laughs> yeah. And like boy bands and, and like all the fun of heavy music kind of went away for a while. Do you think it's starting to come back a little bit like musicians like having fun again in rock? I think it came back a long while ago because the 80s has been a big thing in metal for the past 20 years, I feel. It came back with a vengeance in 2007, 8, something like that. And like, I don't know how it is in the States, but here it seems like the only new music on the radio rock format, if, if they're not playing Metallica or ACDC, they're playing this, what I call disco metal bands, which is nothing wrong with it, but, you know, Battle Beast, Beast in Black. Right. Uh, Rammstein, the kind of with a strong disco beat behind it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think the 80s made a big comeback over here. But Finland cool. has, we talk about it a lot, though. Finland has this out of the ordinary amount of metal coming out of it, yeah. that, especially for such a small country. Yeah, yeah sure. most metal yeah. bands per capita in the entire planet. <laughs> it's very strange. Yeah, and I've I have I have a prejudice against Finland because I think if I go there, everyone's going to have long hair, wearing black, and the, every radio station will be playing metal. And you're going to be bald and wearing. But paint. I've heard that's not true. <laughs> yeah, we're not it being isn't. corrected. Like you know, the metal, the metal, and and like correct me and if you think I'm wrong, but like you know that there there was a decline of metal here in Finland. It never went away because we're a metal country. But like the sort of nationwide boom of like yes you know, we're all going to wear black and, you know, look like Chris just described. That went away like 10 years ago or whatever, but everything, you know, fluctuates. So what do you think, Ben? Is it is it yeah, time absolutely. for another upwards wave? Yeah, yeah. We hit the peak with the Eurovision Lordi winning 2006 and Ari winning the Idols competition was also won by a metal guy here. And But of course, just it was too much. It was everywhere on every magazine cover. And then Peaks and valleys, then it goes back down again. You think and, because yeah. you guys are on the border of Russia and there's that fucking horrendous goddamn war going on beside you, do you think that it's going to bring up the young people, like when I say young, I mean like early 20s and shit, to start doing more like political based metal in Finland? I don't know. 
didn't think about it. Remains to be seen, but maybe. <laughs> I just hope like young people do more rock and metal stuff in general because it's it, that's actually worrying to me that you don't see a lot of kids at the shows anymore. Oh, really? Were kids, they sold like most of the tickets went to youngsters, underage people. Right but now, like Tuska Festival, they sold free tickets, you know, for under 18. So they don't even sell tickets to kids anymore because it's not worth, you know, keeping the alcohol sales away and separating kids from adults. So they just right. don't allow kids in, in the venue anymore, which is a shame because imagine if you're a kid and you can't go to any shows. That's, that's the worst. Yeah, that would suck. Okay. Yeah. Okay, this brings me back to your band. Oh, yeah. What, a, what a cool circle. <laughs> that's why we're here talking about the band. So you were talking about releasing singles, right? Over the course of the year. How does that affect you guys playing live? And are you playing live um, right now? And has it been difficult to book shows with, um, with all the shit that's going on? Yeah, well, with all the shit that's going on, you mean the COVID stuff? and Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course, that put a stop to the, the shows for a while. But now it's pretty much back to normal. We just played uh, here in Finland a couple of shows in Norway and Sweden with So and the Swedish prog band. Yeah. And also we did a couple of weeks with them last November in Spain, Portugal, Denmark. And now in September, after summer, we're going to do a month. With them weeks. again? Yeah, with them again. We just get along good. It's a good package. And so, yeah, there's, there's all kinds of touring going on. The summer is going to be a bit quieter for us. Uh, for whatever reason. Are you playing yeah. festivals this That's... summer? Uh, not really. We just have one at the moment. I don't okay. know. We'll see if the COVID thing is going to go down so the bands are going to have to cancel and then maybe we'll get some last-minute calls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting, you know, like um, with all of the COVID cancellations, this year is like every promoter's trying to make up for every band that they had booked in 2019 still. You know what I mean? So like if you're kind of a band that's trying to book a first tour or a second tour or whatever, how do you how do you get onto a tour? How do you get into a venue when every promoter is still recycling everything they booked in 2019? Yeah, it's hard. Especially like the festival thing. We had a gr a great festival summer lined up two summers ago. We had a bunch of festivals. Then, of course, they all got canceled. So right. we were just hoping, okay, they're gonna sign up, uh, sign us up again once they do open the festivals again. But then, of course, two more years passed. Tons of new bands releasing albums, old veteran bands releasing albums, and we just got dropped to the sideways for this summer. But I don't worry about it too much. I'm sure next summer is going to be better for us with the second album out as well. Well, exactly. I mean, the You've first new album coming. The first single but kicks Chris, ass. Can, I, can I interrupt? Because like I want I want to go back a little bit because when you said that you know we had the Lordy Lordy peak in the '90s and then we had Ari Koivunen winning Idols, who was a metal guy, and then that dude actually ended up in your previous band yeah, as the singer in, in oh, really? Amoral. And the, yeah, and there's continuance to this as well. But please tell us how that happened. So yeah, it was, I think Ari won the Idol thing in 2006. And back then we're, my old band Amoro, we were like a death, technical death metal band. And then 2007 or eight, our singer decides to leave. He wants to play guitar. So he's tired of growling, screaming and going crazy as a front man. It's like, okay, I'm out, which leaves us with no singer. And being a 24, 25 year old kids. And for the first time we're like, okay, 
We don't have to do death metal anymore. We don't have to do just growling vocals. Let's find a singer who can sing anything. And of course, we went overboard with it and just turned into an 80s hair metal frog <laughs> band for, from hell for a while. That's like, awesome. Looking back at it, I totally get why all the fans were pissed at us because not cool, bro. You can't just go from death metal to 80s metal right. just like that and still call the band the same name. But yeah, Ari was one of the guys who threw his name in the hat when we were looking for singers. At first, I, was, I thought he was joking because he was doing great as a solo artist, as the Idols winner. But he's like, yeah, no, I like the band. I want to try out. And he was by far the best singer that came to try out. So, yeah, he, he was He's an excellent singer. And I, I think he faced some really unfair criticism, you know, yeah, on I those think. times because of his Idols background. And it was, it was just awful. Like, listen to the guy sing. He's fantastic. Like, what else should matter? You know, yeah. doesn't matter what the venue was where he or the path which he took. So oh, you mean so he, he got a lot of criticism from... He got a lot of criticism from your fans. Yeah, and metal oh. fans in general, because you know, being on idols is not very true, and and blah blah blah. So right. people exactly didn't take blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But what was it like though, from another point of view? What was it like going from like full on growl, which is a talent in and of itself, to someone that was just an unbelievably ass singer? It was super cool, especially as a songwriter, because now. I didn't only have to write riffs anymore. I could actually write songs and chord progressions and vocal melodies for the first time in my life. Oh. So it was a super cool challenge and so liberating because I was a huge 80s metalhead all those years, just waiting to get my striper and skid row legs out. <laughs> I finally, finally had the vessel to do it. Nice. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. Best gang vocals ever recorded, Skid Row, Youth Gone Wild. Hell yeah. yeah. To this day... There's been nobody that's matched that gang vocal recording. That's pretty awesome. I agree. That's that's my uh, that's my thesis, and I'm sticking to it. I also, <laughs> the, I also think that's a soundtrack they, for the '80s. It it is it is. That's you know I don't I, I now I'm trying to my head is doing a little background research. Like, can I find something to contest this statement? <laughs> I don't know. But the thing is, like, you started <laughs> you started. Uh, Ocean Horse, the same day that you decided to immoral. Tell, tell us yeah. about that. Yeah, well, as you can imagine, uh, it was a hard decision after almost 20 years being uh, just working and grinding with the same band, which is, I started when I was 14. Wow. Uh, but I just knew it was time to do something else because, of course, we all were like 30 years old by then and all grew apart a little bit. And I still wanted to do music full on, like five days a week, just write and rehearse all the time. And some other guys, some wanted to study, some wanted to concentrate on work, this and that. And I get it, but then it just, it doesn't work that way. Then it, you have to go your separate ways. And that's just, I think it was Christmas I decided, okay, it's time to change, like open a new page and start something new, which was super scary at first because I've only been in one band pretty much my whole life. Did it kind of feel like you're breaking up a relationship with like 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 a woman? Like, did you go through like the mourning process or process? Um, I don't know if it was the same as breaking up a relationship, but it was definitely like a mourning process of okay, what what am I losing here? Which is like the whole back catalog, playing those songs, and of course I miss the guys. We still see each other every now and then, but it's not the same. You know how it is. Yeah. Even if you live in the same city, it might go two years you don't see them. Right? Yeah. 
But then I just, you know, waiting pros and cons. Okay. So these are the cons, but then a new start is also something to write home about, you know, like no extra baggage, none of that idle stuff and going from death metal to hard rock and just wipe it, wipe the slate clean and do something totally new. And it's so refreshing once, once I actually decided to do it. Super exciting. Was it easy to find the members to put together into the new project or? Not at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love how he does that. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, exactly because of why I broke up the previous band, which is lack of commitment. And so I decided when I start a new band, I need four guys or five guys who are exactly as stupid and stubborn as me and only <laughs> want to do this. And I only had one guy in mind, our bass player, Yuri. He was, he, he's a musician like that. He wants nothing else from life to just play, play metal and play shows all around the world. So I just called him the same day, like, dude, I'm breaking up tomorrow. I'm starting a new band. It's going to be awesome. And you're in it. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's the way to do it. It's like you're a, like a phone salesman. Like don't, exactly. don't give them the opportunity yeah. to decline. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you're, you're getting this magazine. You're, you're, on, you're right? the lucky one. You get to be the best player. <laughs> You know that job. You know that job you didn't apply for. You're hired, and you must yeah. take it. <laughs> but then it took us a while to find a drummer, especially a drummer. Because do you know how many bands drummers a good drummer plays in? Like you, you show me a drummer who's any good who doesn't play in seventeen different bands, <laughs> and it, it doesn't happen because they're it's so true. sought after. Oh yeah, I've, and of I've, course we couldn't have that because we want to rehearse all the time and i'm not going to wait at home while somebody else is touring for two months somewhere right. else that's not going to happen you have to focus on this and this alone but luckily just by weeding through like all our contacts looking here and there and asking people and we found like, we just got this natural drummer before anybody else had heard of him so just before because i'm sure if he was free now well he wouldn't be free <laughs> at the moment some big band right. would snatch him up uh, same thing with this singer, just a lot of searching and trying different people. And what is but it the, was worth it. What's the deal with drummers and bass players, though? Why do they have to be in so many fucking bands? Because there's not enough of them to, to go around. I guess. That's the problem. Yeah. Everybody wants to shred. Yeah. Yeah, I was just going to say, so many dudes will never, never, ever admit that they're just not cut out to be guitarists and they should <laughs> just like have one string less and then concentrate on that and be right. really good at like flipping your thumb. I don't know. <laughs> I, I remember when we interviewed Overkill, he was just like, we asked him what makes a good bass player. And he says, well, you got to be able to go fast on the low E string and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You get the notes mostly right and we're good. Yeah. You see, it sounds funny, but unfortunately that's the reality of many, many rock and metal bands and bass players and that's why it's so cool to have an actual bass player in my band i don't have to play his lines i couldn't never play his stuff and he just makes me sound so much better that's so great. It doesn't, yeah because yeah we all know those bass players like rina said just they wanted to be guitar players couldn't really do it so oh this is easier and then, <laughs> right. i just like to be in a band and that's it that's actually how i became a singer i, I was a bass player and then I was like, well, I'm not very good at this, but I want to write songs. I'm going to learn how to play guitar. And then I started guitar. I was like, well, I definitely can't fucking do this. <laughs> I was like, okay, what can I do? I took singing lessons. I'm like, well, I can kind of do this. I'll do this. Well, that's the hardest. <laughs> I love the band name, by the way. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I love that name. Because at first I thought seahorse, and then I was like, no, it's an no. ocean horse. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it's horse, as in like, I had too much whiskey and cigarettes last night, and I lost my voice. Not but like, you know what's the idea behind that? What? <laughs> what's the idea? We're thinking about band names, and of course we know all these bands, and a lot of them have generic names, and it was different back in the day, but you try to Google a band with a generic name right now, and you'll find... Uh, different like product, hair products, websites, firms, car companies, everything before you find a band. So I'm like, we're going to make up a word that doesn't exist. So the first thing when you Google us or search us on Spotify or YouTube is going to be us. That's and if, perfect. That's why we don't write it hard. That's what people, yeah, you, you have to. Yeah. Yeah, because like in, in Ireland, they actually have a myth of an ocean horse horse a horse that the a steed that comes from the sea which <laughs> okay. is called <laughs> yes have some trivia here you go but yeah so ocean horse is a thing but then ocean horse is not so very clever yeah. and hey thanks thanks for the talk ben thanks for hey i appreciate you having me be well my friend and Fun. we'll talk to you soon and you too and thank you for using Bye. an sm7 i appreciate it <laughs> 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 The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.